The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the term obesity is under the spotlight. Researchers believe that by renaming the term obesity, public and policymakers will better understand the disease. A study was carried out by UCC and UCG into obesity and said there's an ongoing confusion about the term obesity, which currently can refer to the disease of obesity or to a BMI uh, body index weight range or a combination of the two. Well, joining us on the line now is Dr. Margaret Steele of UCC uh, research. Uh, Good morning, Margaret. What is the definition of obesity? Well, I suppose the issue is, as you alluded to there, that there's actually at least two definitions. So one definition is that if you have a body mass index above 30, you're obese. That's for white people, at least. And then on the other hand, there is also a definition that says that obesity is a disease um, that affects the metabolic and the endocrine systems in the body and that may or may not correspond with a high BMI, although it often does. So part of what we're trying to do here is to clear up a little bit of that confusion and say that when we say obesity is a disease, we're not saying everybody with a high BMI has a disease um, and we're not saying everybody with the disease necessarily is very fat or has a very high BMI. Oh, I thought you were coming at it from the direction that obesity is now stigmatised. Well, it absolutely is. But the reason that it's stigmatised is partly because of a lack of public understanding of the disease of obesity. And then separately to that, but connected, there is also a massive amount of stigma around body weight and body size that predates the understanding of obesity as a disease. Just explain to me uh, why it's a disease. I mean, everyone... I think, struggles with their weight, no matter what weight they are. And as you get older, it it gets harder. How is self-control a disease? Well, I suppose the first thing to say is that everybody doesn't struggle with their weight, right? There are people who don't at all and who very easily maintain a stable weight for a very long time and their weight doesn't affect their health in any kind of negative way. And those people can be at a wide range of weights. So... But is that because they eat, is that because they consume less or their DNA is wired into such a way their metabolism that they even if they tried to they couldn't put on weight? In the it could be it could be the fact that they eat less, but in many cases the reason people are eating less is because of their DNA. Um or you know, it's it's a genetic, it's an inherited, a heritable condition. Um it's triggered by an environment, certainly. I mean, you know, you can't You can't get fat in a famine. But at the same time, when there is plenty of food around, we're not all going to be equally susceptible to those triggers to eat, those cues to eat. And like what we're talking about here, like you mentioned self-control, but really this isn't about self-control. It's kind of, in some ways, it's analogous to holding your breath, right? We can all do it, but there's a limit to how long you can manage it for without getting really sick and dying very quickly. And some people can do it for longer than others, right? So there's going to be a lot of genetic upbringing, nature, nurture factors that will go into how long you can hold your breath for. But at the end of the day, it's difficult for everyone. Uh, in the case of, you know, gaining weight, it's it's different, obviously, because, you know, it's not going to immediately kill you one way or the other. But trying to stay on a very rigid, low-calorie diet where your body is actually starving, where your body is telling you that you're 
in starvation mode, because you are, that's extremely difficult to maintain. And for people with a genetic predisposition to the disease of obesity, it's not just that they're at a higher weight, but it's that their body is continuously giving them cues that cause them to gain weight. So if someone is just at a higher weight, but they're stable, that's a separate issue. They probably don't have the disease of obesity. But if someone is in a position where they're constantly being given signals to eat, where they're constantly feeling actual physical hunger, it's extremely difficult to resist that. It's not a matter of self-control. You know, it's not it's not a simple matter of put down the fork or so, so push the back trigger, to the table. The trigger to appetite, I'm still starving, is, is different in people. And, and that's the disease we need to understand. Is that the message exactly. you're trying to get across? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, and if you don't you know, call it obesity, appetite, but yeah. if you don't call it obesity, what should we call it? Well, to some extent, I think that's a conversation that we need to have involving, you know, doctors, patients, the general public, because, you know, um, it's not up to me or any kind of researcher to say, well, you know, here's how the general public should use language, right? People use the language they use. But I do think that it would be good to come up with a term that emphasizes the underlying pathology rather than body size, because this confusion with body size doesn't help because it feeds into this idea that it's a choice that people are making. So, I mean, one possibility that has been raised is uh, adiposity-based chronic disease. So that has the neat little uh, acronym ABCD and our acronym. And, you know, that's that's one possibility. From the point of view of myself and my co-author, Francis Finucane and Galway, like we still feel that that probably emphasizes adiposity a bit too much, that it's still very much talking about uh, terms that would suggest body size to people and we really think it's time to get away from the idea that this disease is about body size. It's not about the quantity of fat cells, it's about the quality, it's about how well they're functioning. Are they constantly driving you to eat more or are they just sitting there acting as a perfectly normal storage depot for excess fuel? Uh, what advances are there to help people? We've had Don O'Shea in relation to uh, gastric uh, bands and uh, surgery. Are there are there medic- medicines available, injections that can help with both diabetes and uh, obesity? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I think people are, would probably be aware of semaglutide, which is uh, for in the diabetes version, it's marketed as Ozempic, but it's also licensed as an obesity medication for people who don't have diabetes, but just have this metabolic condition where their body's hunger and satiety cues are just all kind of out of whack, um, to put it technically there. Um, and that's, you know, it's been approved for use in the EU. It's been approved for use in Ireland. There's other, um, there's other similar drugs coming on stream too. And I suppose in some ways, like the very fact that these drugs work so well for so many people in terms of improving their metabolic health kind of, drives home the point that this isn't about willpower and it isn't about um, self-control because the minute you give the people who are for whom the drug is suitable and the people who have the right, you know, that have the right problem, so to speak, the minute they get the drugs, they are immediately able to exercise so-called self-control. Like they are immediately able to push away from the table and put down the fork. So that suggests that it wasn't, you know, there was no moral lack. It wasn't that they were somehow lacking in willpower or moral fibre. 
there was something else going on at a level that is much deeper than anything an individual can choose to control. Quite a big reaction on the text line 53106 or the WhatsApp line 140106 uh, before uh, both of those. Obesity is not a disease. It's simply an offensive word that must not be used. It's offensive to the individual. If my doctor or anybody was to use the word to me personally, I would let them know what I thought about it very quickly. I struggle with obesity and that's because I never feel full. 24-7 I'm starving and I've been told to switch my brain to full but it doesn't work. Yet I'm active and used to do a lot of sport in my younger years, feeling constantly hungry is horrible. If I don't constantly exercise, says another, uh, hard, my body just stores up anything I eat, even lettuce as flab. I eat healthy, cooked, uh, uh, my own, only take a, a takeaway once every three months. It's difficult when people think I eat bad and think I'm a slob. The exercise stops my weight going up, but rarely do I drop weight. And finally, Brian says, 30 years ago, you rarely saw people carrying too much weight. Not so now. Takeaways, frozen foods, petrol stations becoming sweet shops and pre-packed meals are certainly reasons why. That's the final point I want to put to you, Margaret. Uh, eating a balanced healthy diet and eating the right type of foods is is perennially good advice though, isn't it? Oh, of course. And I mean, no matter what your, like I work in public health and one of the major goals in public health is to try and make it so that it's easy for everyone who wants to, to choose a healthy and sustainable diet. Like that's crucially important because regardless of your body size, everybody needs that. But I suppose from the point of view of obesity, the experiences that some of your textures described there, um, you know, where no matter what they do, their weight doesn't go down or they have to work really hard to maintain their weight. Like that's, we need to bear that in mind that this isn't really about making fat people thin because that's not possible. And there's no very good evidence that it has to happen, right? Okay. We can all, we can have a much healthier society just by making it easier for people to eat better, whatever size they end up at. Dr. Margaret Steele of UCC, thank you for those views about the term obesity. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.